I am unashamed. What about you? So we talked about on the uh, podcast prior about the mother of all commode flushes. So, Well, the last time I heard you were going to get a traco. Well, first make, you had to get a sap a tree. <laughs> you know, pick a tree like, you know, people go hunt for Christmas trees. <laughs> I'm looking for a tree to use it as a plunger. It's good. With the right yeah. prong. Remember, it had to have the right prong. Well, that's so. why I got plunger. And you're basically. So what did y'all do? Well. Y'all's problem is your your idea of what needed to be done is coming from a couple of yucky, yuppie bucks that live in the subdivision. <clears throat> you don't want to take subdivision yuppie type, you know, men with some wealth. You don't want to take their advice when it comes to Somewhere. beaver dam removal and the and the rotor rootering of large pipes. The pipe in under consideration here is a 48 inch pipe that's four feet four feet it's pretty good sized pipe if you got up in front of that when you break the the beavers pile mud in there because with the water ebb and flow back during duck season i just raised my plate up that shuts that water off right four foot plate i raised it up i said because I, the water was coming in from the river. So right. I didn't want to flood the duck hole too much, and we had too much water. So I, sh- I opened that plate up where water would just come in, and I said, I'll just leave it open to the spring. Well, uh, the water got 20 feet deep there. Yeah. Well, how did 20. the beavers put the mud there when it was 20 foot deep? That don't make sense. Only a beaver would know the answer to that question <laughs> that, that Mr. Subdivision come up with. So you like, the beavers did it. <laughs> Mr. Subdivision. And unbeknowing to me, they, they piled a huge, I'd say, <clears throat> maybe a ton of earth mixed with logs at the front of that pipe. And up in there for about five or six feet, it was solid, just debris. Beavers, yeah. that's what they do for a living. They, they came here. They got yeah. flat tails and teeth that gnaw down trees. That's why I've always said salt water didn't make that thing at all. <laughs> but anyway, they plugged it. I went down there and looked at it. Well, what happened to the Traco plunger? Because I said to myself, there's so much work involved. If you have a hand rake, a potato rake, it's just got four claws on it that go down. That's like how that. you normally get them out? Well, yeah. When yeah. they're not bad. 12-inch well, pipe, yeah, you can you. rake Or you all. could have done what I said, which is blow it up and start over. No, you blow up your pipe then. <laughs> you get in it. They sell you, pipe. Good idea, uh, yeah. Mr. Subdivision. Yeah, but when you're talking 48 <laughs> inches long and about 40 it. feet long – 48-inch hole, you're, like, you're, you're, you're talking money this now. This is the selling well, the bowl of soup for the birthright. You get to watch a spectacular yeah. show, uh, which is the as admission As it turns out, to every the time there's infrastructure at stake here, which is what we're discussing, I'm the one that put all that in there. You I know, agree. I'm not an engineer, but I did work it out to where I'd put water on the hole and water off the hole. But anyway, I walk up there and look at it, and I said, one way to do this quickly without – and without any danger of a man being sucked up into that, once that dirt leaves and the water on the lower side is like three feet lower, well, three feet of water is a powerful thing. Yeah. Because when that thing starts to flow, it is the mother of all commode flushes. <laughs> and Dan, Dan you has been a, in danger before. Dan, right? But you have a ninja. Isn't he? I've seen this <laughs> guy correct. crawl on a wall. I'm not so, a ninja, but I got the rake, and I went down there, and I got around it, and I began to remove that stuff, the mud, and I worked on it about an hour. So I'm 74 years old, but I'm taking mud out of there until I get a flow, and I noticed little curls in the water, meaning water is leaving. So I said, hmm, I have a flow. Exit the <laughs> But it's building. still a lot of mud there. I said, if I wait the river now on the downside – is a foot lower. I said, I'll wait till the river keeps falling on the downside of the pipe to where I have two to three feet. I said, because that puts more pressure on that dirt if the lower side, see, you got water level like this. Mm-hmm. 
You got a pipe in the middle. When that when it's the same level, there is no currents. Basically, when just, the river starts falling, the duck water starts coming out. Yeah. But anyway, You're I go creating up there with the a natural suction. Yes, uh, uh, pressure. The pressure. The only problem is you don't want to be on the front side. <laughs> Anywhere the near the opening of the pipe, because when that water starts rake. to, when it busts loose, it does it in a. It, you've got about five seconds from <laughs> it's broke. The water's going through the pipe. You got five seconds to get out, get out of that front, because and you will be like a missile tall, in with yeah. the debris. You will be caught up in that, and you'll have a wild ride for forty <laughs> feet. You'll live. But it's gonna it's gonna push you well, out. You of hope. If you you got to make you don't yourself tumble. I told Dan just hold your arms straight out, pray, and and just you'll be like a missile falling the mud. But I mean, you it's know, like, like a, the old cannon, the shoot the guy out of the cannon. It's right? like a beaver dam washing machine. I saw the guy on television that got sucked up into a two foot pipe, and he lived, but he went a covert. So someone else tried what if, you're doing. Oh, yeah. He was trying to get it off his yard. Well, that two-foot pipe, when he broke all that debris, all that stuff in the subdivision, by the way, he he went feet first. So he's feet first going 30 to 40 feet, and the water's blowing him like a missile. But now he was severely scarred up by the time he got to the end. You figure you got four feet, you got twice as much room. As long as you make yourself four feet, hold on, hold your breath, and when you go out the other end, I'll be down there. We'll throw you a rope. But so Dan is down there, and I said, Dan, once you hear that thing break, you start seeing that current start. I said, get out of there. So I sent Stone and Dan. I figured. Instead of me, I said, well, you boys, they're, I told they're, them they're before they got yeah. down there, I said, boys, y'all are what you call expendable. I said, so do how the did deal. They, how did, how they, did they take they that? Looked, well, they looked at each other, and then they looked back at me said, what? What's that word? I said, expendable. <laughs> I said, you'll live, but it'll be a tough ride. So he gets down there with a thing. Dan's working on it, and he's going. He said, I got my drag way up in the pipe. I said, do you feel the current bill? And he said, it's getting more all the time. I said, be careful now because it's fixed to go. <laughs> well, he goes up in there, and no more had, had I I've got that out of my mouth. I heard something, and and Dan and Dan and, and Stone were saying, get back, get back. I heard fast talking. Well, one goes out one side and one the other to get back up on the levee, and when that thing broke loose, what I saw coming out of the end of that pipe, it was just logs and mud just just turning churning like a like the mississippi river oh yeah. oh no it was like a waterfall on the ground <laughs> so anyway that thing starts there up on the bank we're all looking at it and they were all like good night <laughs> i said you don't want to you don't want to be part of that flow now but so you know now no, i have not- a 48 inch stream of water on a round pipe Thank it's you. just blowing so awesome. we are we pulled it off one more time <laughs> i had a juke pole ready <laughs> with a track hole and it had claws yeah. on the little end, the pole. But you didn't I, need I that. Didn't, I didn't like that idea. Well, I had claws on it, and I and I notched it with a chainsaw on the big end. So you put the big end over here, put the, and guide your pipe up in there, yeah, and get a track hoe and start pulling like that. And it, I, I as a rotor rooter hooked to a track hoe, a big long bit of pecan tree. Yeah. It's about like that. But you Three didn't. Men to I kill. didn't. I didn't. I didn't like that idea. It was it was all dangerous, but I mean, you know, that would have been one way, the safest way. Let what? the track hole be sitting on top of the No, lake. I don't agree with that. Swinging a log around like that's a why you weren't there. <laughs> Is that why he didn't get the call? He didn't get the call, <laughs> Mister. Because he's talking about engineering. There's an no, engineering I'm talking factor. Safety. So you said that's the safest way. You know, they, find they said, somebody. Oh, what you ought to do? I said, how far did you go in school and everything? Well, I graduated from high school. I said, that's not high enough up. You got to be. See, Dad graduated from Louisiana Tech University, which is a very good engineering school. So I guess there must have been a class back in the 60s. My major was not engineering, but I ran around enough engineers to get a little input from time to time. The bottom line is, boys, I'm taking care of the water control is working like a charm right now. You have intellect. You have street smart. You know, then you have Jesus smart, which is the ultimate. Education. Right. Well, that that it, covers you in case the whole thing goes south. So my point is, this reminds me of the time that they sunk the boat. We, I think, we told the story here. 
And I was the only one who was dry, despite all these great minds of engineering on how to make an ice hole before daylight using boats. My boat was dry, and I was the only one in it. There's sunk. So you just and, your your deal is avoidance. I just want to avoid. No, we had, we had I, too I'm many saying, men in the boat. I was turning okay. too short of circles. When the yeah. boat sunk, I was the only one who knew how deep the water was. I knew the water would be just below the top of my waders. I said, "I'll." Just so you rest. just rode down with the ship. I was right? barking orders, but the <laughs> but the boat was sinking. Everybody's trying to size grabbing all the weapons because we're going we're duck hunting here. It's before daylight. It's dark, and I'm just riding the boat down, and I knew where how deep the water was. It was not over my head, but they didn't know that, so they're flounding. <laughs> but and Jay was with me. He bailed out because Phil said, y'all help us. I, I said, gave them a bit of good advice. I said, no. Stand up. <laughs> I, I knew the boat was sinking. I belayed that order, but the reason I'm telling this is because Street Smart, I knew it wasn't. Nobody was going to drown. and they could stand, They'd figure that part out, so I also knew. And I also knew there was nothing I could do. But I'm just saying from a safety issue, I thought somebody has, because it's really cold, you know, somebody's got to be, you know, the survivor to offer help and yeah. attempt. Or, or just to report what happened here. It was not that big a deal. Happened. Stone asked Jay, so, you going to help him because it was all in the water? And Jay said, no. He said, it'd be no, all right. No. So well, look, he jumped and said, are you coming? The boat goes down. Said, no. Before it goes down, I step out of the boat in my waders. I've got about three inches of freeboard. So you didn't get wet. So look, and the old mud motor, the motor was the boat sunk, but the motor was still not quite sunk, about halfway up on it. So I'm holding the boat up a little bit. I said, "Give me some help, and let's get this boat moved over here." On but this that log. didn't work. Is one. It's it too heavy. We no, went no, over no. On the, log. the motor went under the water, and well, we cleaned but it, it didn't out. go over the air breather. So I knew we didn't have water in the motor. We crank it when we get the boat bailed out. The story's getting went over there. Through the we years. bailed it out. Somebody <laughs> come up with an old plastic deal, and we bailed it out. Got back in the boat and was in the blind. We set our decoys out. Everybody's wet but me and Jay's. I didn't get wet in the boat sinking, but everybody else got wet. Well, what? Uh, it was that, cold. That, that it was ice on the taking water. a turn. I think everybody was wet but I, me. I, but I didn't. I wasn't there. So I, I was only, damp. So I only heard the story. But I thought it was funny because in, in when something happens of a big proportion like this in the hunting or whatever, so we got to assess whose fault it was pretty quickly. Uh, that's usually what we do in the duck blind. Yeah. We miss a bunch of ducks. We got to figure out who's. I had too up. many men in the boat, and I was cutting too short. It was taking all well, the water. The, but time. the line I heard you first that was is you looked up at the, at the boys in the front. You said too many honey buns, yeah. too many honey buns. Yeah, yeah that was heavy. We got but some heavy point, hunters. I was watching the robust men, and they were moving the slowest. <laughs> and I said, yeah, that honey my bun crowd. Was, <laughs> when that was it's happening. Not good for a honey bun crowd. I wasn't there. My so point was, when I saw what was happening, I thought, this is a bad idea. <laughs> and I'm saying, when I heard you talking about cutting a tree and using it as a plunger, I had the same feeling. I not thought, this plunger, is a bad. A roto-rooter. Roto-rooter. A homemade roto-rooter. No, it worked. It would have worked. I'm, I'm not saying it wouldn't work. I just don't like the plan. I thought it was too dangerous. My plan yesterday evening, I told him, I said, listen, if we can get this water flowing through that pipe without getting the track hole and the log and the rotor-rooter, I said, it'd save us a lot of time. I said, so I, I got water coming out of it down there, Dan. I said, go up in there. He's Mr. Muscle yeah. Man. He's on the bars. I mean, listen, this dude oh, I, I get is it. solid muscle. You need a man like that. I said, get down there, because I knew he had sustained muscle power. <laughs> well, he's with that rake, and I said, we may can do this without having the track hole. Yeah. Red bringing it down, and we rode a route. I, I like your compromise. So I, basically, think, I think it was a good Dan idea. broke it loose, and yeah. the water took off. And, and, yeah. and he managed to not be a projector. Because I'm not opposed to danger. I mean, the most fun I've had always has an element of danger. I mean, that's what makes it. Fun. So By the I, way, I don't mind that. I just don't like somebody because I don't like an operator swinging a tree around <laughs> trying to unplug. <laughs> I, I'd rather just blow it up. Like I'm swinging it around. You're well, talking. but you're basing it on the operator. I, I've seen who you have operating the equipment. I trust Jimmy Red with my life. Well, and, and, and you did. And there we agree to disagree. <laughs> I don't get yeah. anywhere near someone the way, who said, yeah, I can, I, can, I can do that. What school did you go to? The school of hard knocks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, you ain't been knocked enough. I'm, I'm telling you. I mean, the bottom line was, by the way, 
when we do something like that, and now I've got a, you say, well, what keeps the beavers from just plugging this up? Nothing. Here's what a lot of, oh yeah. Well, I've got an idea. Uh, now you that. just said it. You heard what he said. He, he's not well, not on the. He's not <laughs> on the you've same. You've been page. down there. He, he, he said, said, he said you can't keep them. You can you can do nothing. <laughs> Here's what you got to remember about beavers right. and this? flow of water. Everything is the speed at which the water's flowing. There's a certain speed that they won't that attempt. Beavers to will not attempt it okay. because what happens is if they go up there at the mouth of that pipe, then they're going through. They're going on a wild well, I got, ride. I got, it's uh, too swift. I but I've through watching. I don't know what the, I haven't measured it with a, some kind of micrometer or whatever. <laughs> I haven't measured it. But the speed at which that water is going through that pipe determines whether beaver will stop it up. Right now, they won't even common. attempt it. I think that's But when that current sense. slows down and it begins to be half a pipe, got me? Yeah. When it gets down to a half. Then they're or coming back. Here they come back because they say, now we'll let the current help us, and that'll bring the debris, and we'll start packing, and they'll put one log this way and one this way. I think and, we and agree they'll, with that. They'll get debris, and finally they got mud, and now you got a thousand pounds of dirt <laughs> back in there. Let's, uh, the let's, velocity <laughs> of the water—that's a key element of beavers. Let's take a don't quick, forget that. Jay. Let's take a quick break. Zach is, is on our podcast today, which is awesome. Zach, you have a pretty good head of hair on you. You have any ball spots uh, I've up got here? Some. Recedage. Ah. A little receding hairline. So you got your nose sure. in the bottom of the shower. Well, you know? yeah, you? My, well I, I don't see hair fall out, but my, I notice that my hairline keeps kind of crawling back. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I only when I look at old pictures like three years ago, I'm like, man. Make a comparison. I yeah. think it's because you have yuppie tendencies. <laughs> three years is not that long, son. <laughs> I know. I look at my old pictures, uh, you know, year before last. I'm like, <laughs> but Phil, no one notices your look. No one notices well, you, you look the, the yeah. same. You get the headband. And you all get that. my age, and you just finally ended up, and you don't care. <laughs> Maybe that uh, instead of putting a headband on like that, I got something for you, Zach. So right. one of our longtime uh, sponsors on the on our podcast, we appreciate these guys is Keeps. And uh, basically, what they try to do is allow you to keep your hair. So when you're younger, like you. This might help you now as opposed to waiting until your dad's age, and it may not help you as much. So uh, Keeps basically offers generic versions of a couple of uh, FDA-approved hair loss products. They're the real deal. You go online. You get uh, evaluated by a doctor so you can make sure you're ready for it. Um, it ships uh, right to your house. So basically Keeps helps you save your hair without leaving the couch, which Jace would love that. So if you go right now, you get half off your first order half off keeps.com slash door d-o-r keeps.com slash door and keep some of your hair so that was that was beaver 101 mr subdivision but i have a thought that uh (laughs) look that that's common sense but you've been fighting the beavers for what thirty years down there. So I have an idea that you here lately. All Jason's been doing is sitting in front of that computer screen watching <laughs> the stock market. I you don't want his advice about beaver beaver dam removal. No, I have an idea. But he's got an idea. Oh, he got an idea. He's been thinking of it. You know, watch the stock market up too. Well, he listen to him. But I, what are the beavers doing? Don't talk to him. <laughs> Since you've challenged my intellect, I have an oh, idea. Oh my goodness! Yeah. For thirty years, you've been fighting the beavers, and you. Said I figured out how they won't redo the dam. Well, get the the, the never power beat of the water. Never, I, I'm winning. I have the way to beat them. <laughs> winning. You ready? I have the I, I, idea. I haven't told you this. Here's what you do after the water goes down, and because you've you've won this little battle. Yep. But the war, no, because it happens. Every I've year. won all the battles. Here's what I think you should I've do. Never figured out how to correctly handle them. I got it. What I think you should do is once the water goes down, get the track hoe down there. Yep. And you dig a graveyard in front of that pipe. And here's my thinking. You dig it as deep as the track hoe will go in all points around that pipe. Because I got to thinking, they can't rebuild it if they they gotta have their feet. They get their feet You're up correct. there on the ground I've and they start building. Well, it, it wasn't deep enough. Well, go deep. What I'm saying is, you say, how long did it take them to get the big hole that you gouged out in front of it? How long did it take them to fill that back in with mud and debris? Three years. 
I, I dug such a hole that it took them three years to get it back up there level with the pipe. Then they began to stop the pipe up. I've already done that. But you say it works for a year or two or three. Well, let's do it but again. But you get 10 beavers, and they and they want to dam it up. The Almighty put it in their psyche. If it flows, dam it up. I mean, the guy from I think uh, you've got the, hundreds the, the of province beavers. of Alberta, he said, Mr. Robson, if you want to really get in the middle of nowhere, he said, I'm within about an hour and a half of the largest animal-made structure on the planet. And it can be a, seen from outer space. It's a beaver dam a mile and a half long, and out there in the middle – it's 10 or 12 feet high. You can see it from outer space. Yeah, I know. I saw that. So when you talk about beavers and the, their their power, it is amazing how much earth beavers can move. Because I mean, in, a, in a sense, you're really you're battling something the Almighty put in there. It's it's really, how would you ever truly win it? I mean, they're just going to keep coming back. If you take a varmint that clever. can cut trees down with their teeth, yeah. you're like, what and world? move it big sounds huge. like a weird sci-fi movie. If you were, they used the they should have a movie about. It. Somebody should have done a killer. Look, they can't lift logs like humans can with equipment or whatever. So you say, well, how do they do it? They wait till the velocity of the current is at the peak, and then they just nudge them. Where they, they just go. nudge them, and look, the current is is. They know the current of current down. So they're tugboat well, captains on top of everything else. They're thinking. Listen, I've been at war with these beavers for 30 years. <laughs> well, if we could just culture, get somebody on the inside where we could really in our know culture, what they're thinking. When them old guys moved westward, when they settled the country, and they said, we're, we're after beavers, beaver hide, French explorers yep. and trappers. That was a big thing. That's what, who founded the country. When they went out west, the beavers weren't down here in the southern part. Nope. Right. They stocked them in here. But now, whoever pulled that stunt off should have never done that because now they are nationwide and they are a bone to be chewed. Ask the highway department in any state, do y'all have any problems with the beavers? And let them get back where they're spending. They've killed millions of acres of timber. They've cost millions of man-made hours to get all around Monroe, West small towns. I mean, to keep their water flowing out of the city into the river. The river's full of them. I mean, look, they have really – it's a problem. Well, somebody told us the gators but you don't want to kill them all because, problem. you know, a beaver, I see them swim by a lot of them. I don't shoot them. But, but, but if they're in there around that pipe, and if I want to get the water out of there, I take a little pot shot from time to time. I said, well, the only thing I know to do, they have traps, you catch them in and all that. But they're a bone to be chewed. I'm trying to live in harmony with them, and I've had several conferences with them. I want to get them to shut it down, but they will not listen. If we only had an ambassador, a beaver ambassador, somebody we could send in there to the camp, they could speak on our behalf and say, look, we'll, we'll so tell you, you can, where you can stop. You could train them. You can train a dog. You know, if you could just train the beaver. Alligators and men are their only predator. But that's gators, why I think this big gators will take beaver and just one. But now we have him. we have an influx of gators. We do have the gators. Last flood. So I'm thinking that's a there's positive. gators there. So I just, maybe they'll help balance out. The, I'm hoping they will. The scheme. I just don't like getting in a duck blind before daylight. A beaver being there is one thing. A gator is another. Well, and Dan's yeah. down there at the mouth of the pipe, you know, and here comes a ten foot alligator. And you know, and you say local man swallowed by large gator, but you don't want that. <laughs> No, no. I'm saying in jest, he's expendable. I don't want a gator to get him. <laughs> no, or a ride through a pipe. Yeah, he doesn't hunt. He doesn't duck hunt. Dan doesn't. He's strictly for labor. You yeah, know, he just the likes, infrastructure of the duck hunt. He likes doing dangerous things he that does. you come up with. Well, because his his kind of his Twitter or something is is Ninja Dan. So I mean, he's a self proclaimed ninja. Which means you would have to put yourself through some rigorous challenges from time to time to maintain your ninja hood. He's the right? perfect yeah. man that came along, and I'm going into my mid seventies. But I was down there yesterday because they did that one. Well, all the pipes, uh, the rest of the pipes that's holding the duck water. We're talking hundreds of acres here, right? So when I get the water flowing, I go up on the middle levee, Jace. I have to get those two unstopped. I go to size levee that there. I have to get that one unstopped because oh, once get you it. get the bottom pipe draining, Al, I've got to, I've got to rotor rooter all the pipes. Well, that's why I'm saying I think we need to dig deeper holes, which I don't <sighs> like it because if you fall off in it, now you're in a 
Well, you, you know, you're, you're back to dangerous for us. A fa- famous Bible verse, but I don't know of any other. I way. can't get around down to the front of it and work with it as easy when the big holes there. But I did tell Red three years ago. I said, "Dig me a big hole there, so it'll take them a while to build it back in there." They're moving because they got to have their at feet. each pipe. There's probably a ton, two thousand pounds of dirt and mud and logs on each one of these pipe openings. Well, you just think about it: a, a ton of dirt. And you're going to go down there with a rake about that wide with a five-foot handle on it? I mean, if you're going to do it by hand, well, <coughs> it's just lar- a problem. As large as our podcast audience is, I'm sure somebody's going to have an idea for us. So I look forward well, to, well, to Let's get in. on something spiritual. I, well, I'm day-to-day trying routine. to. Uh, well, let's, let's take that. Everybody wondering what I'm doing at 74 <laughs> years old during a pandemic. What do you do? I said, what do I do? I said, the word is beavers. Beaver. <laughs> let's take a break, and then we'll dive in. Humans can be difficult. They can be a difficult resource. <laughs> Would you agree with that, Dad? Yeah. <laughs> so this is especially true uh, when you're running a business, right? Because businesses are made up of humans who are difficult. Well, humans can be difficult in any situation. And the, unfortunately, in our environment, uh, you get um, you know you got wrongful termination, you got minimum wage requirements, you got labor regulations. I mean, there's a lot more stuff now than even when you first started business, Dad, back in the seventies. You di- you didn't sit around losing a lot of you know hair worried about this kind of stuff. Not at all. Right. Exactly. So it's changed, and uh, so that's why they have human resources or an HR manager. The problem is. You got to pay somebody quite a bit of money to be that guy or that gal. So there's a company, uh, Bambi, B A M B E E, that's been specifically created for small businesses. Basically, you get a dedicated HR manager uh, for basically ninety nine dollars a month, which is great. You don't have to hire a person, spend benefits, and those type things like that. So uh, we want you to check them out. There's month to month, no hidden fees. You cancel any time. So you can uh, basically make sure your business is HR compliant. So you go to you get a free audit uh, if you go there today. It's b a m b e e bambi dot com slash robertson to get that free audit. That's b a m b e e dot com slash robertson. One thought I had was, you know, in the last couple of days we get a lot of comments i've had a lot of discussions about john six and seven that we've been talking about and uh a guy had a pretty good pretty good question and he he read this john six thirty nine to me and it says you remember that it kind of got weird in john six when jesus said you know i am the bread of life that was in verse 35 he who comes to me will never go hungry and he he who believes in me will never be thirsty and so I think at that time the people standing there were like, do what now? Is this cannibalism? Or, But then he made another interesting comment. Of course, Jesus was trying to portray the heavenly versus the earthly. That was the whole context of what was happening. Because, Would you agree? <clears throat> yes, because he had just fed them the bread mm-hmm. and the fish. And basically, they're showing back up for the next meal. Which you have to have to survive. You, you need it. And so they were like, well, we're here for our daily feeding because now we're, we're, building a, we're building an army that wants to be fed miraculously every day. You yep. know? Yeah. And so that was the point. He, he spun so off. this discussion I had came from 39 of chapter 6 where it says, And this is the will of him who sent me that I shall lose none of all that he has given me, but raise them up at the last day. And he was asking about that because a lot of people believe that's a spiritual thing in that there's only, you know, a few that are saved and none of them will be lost. And so this guy had had some really good ideas and, and, and we get about this. And we get that question a lot, Jace, from we, people about. We do. Yeah. Uh, well, Jace, I'm not sure remember, how to characterize. We'll just, ex- we'll just explain the difference between, because we quoted that Hebrews 5 about those who have by constant use used the scriptures as food, he, he, he solid food. So you have spiritual food. Solid food is for the mature, and you start talking about Jesus, the bread of life, and all that. You have a spiritual feeding and you have mm-hmm. physical feeding. Both of them are, are, are constants, meaning 
you're not going to live without physical food. Your body will shrivel up and you will die of starvation. Well, then you have spiritual food, and there is a big difference. But a man who has figured out both will understand solid foods for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Jesus is saying, you feed on me. Mm. He's saying the qualities that I possess that I'm showing you, I'm the perfect man, perfect God, perfect man. You need to feed on me. Whatever I do, however I respond, I say. put that into practice. You're exhibiting spiritual food, right. and you'll live forever if you'll feed on me. Well, I think in this case he was talking about conquering. You, you think about what Jesus did. Jesus conquered the world, and he didn't lose a man in a battle. You just think about that. In fact, he actually died, but... There was no war. That you know, when you think about a king or someone taking over, which is what over, they were driving him to. Well, right there, here they are saying, "Oh, he has special powers." We we remember they were going to we'll make, make him, him king, king by yeah. force, and we'll just take over the world because this guy Satan never uh, had his boot on the neck of Jesus because three days after he died, whoops. He's standing back up again. You're like, right. whoa! Right. But he took over the world in a non physical military way and so i think this is what he meant because let me just read these couple of verses the next verse verse 40 says for my father's will is that everyone who looks to the son and believes in him shall have eternal life and i will raise him up at the last day now let me just read you another thing so you get to chapter seven after all this happens after the miracle you know, how are people responding? And it says, after this, Jesus went around in Galilee, verse 1, purposely staying away from Judea because the Jews there were waiting to take his life. So now there's a couple of things there I want to say about this. Number one is if someone has the miraculous, if you've seen or heard of a miracle, I'm not sure why they didn't put two and two together. And what I mean is kind of like Abraham. Remember when he said, you know, sacrifice your son? Reason to the resurrection. He reasoned to the resurrection. He's like, well, wait a minute here. This this guy or this being has, you know, if I saw a miracle, if you start thinking what the potential is, well, one of the potentials, if you have the power to manipulate atoms and mo- molecules, then that means there's a possibility that you can beat death. Now, their mind didn't go well, there. you got to remember, if you're on row 30, outdoors and you're on row 30 it, it would have to been there would have had to been some type of i'm just saying rows there's five thousand men there mm-hmm. here comes the grub yeah well if you're back there on row 30 <laughs> and the fish come by and the bread you, you you're not seeing the source of it it's yeah. just coming out it's of just, him they, it's but just he's flowing he, down he's he's down there on the side of the hill and all this food's flowing out of him, but you're not putting it together. Where, 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 who, where this food come from? That's what from? I'm saying. I'm sure everybody's you're hungry. Up there. Yeah, I'm eating. I mean, here comes the fish and bread. Humans being humans, it's like your kin folks when they come. They start digging in. You're like, whoa, easy now. Let me offer a prayer for this. Well, right, y- y'all, y'all. And so, but they're threatened. So, row thirty does not realize that the source of the food. This is a miracle. They're not aware of it. I mean, how could you tell? That's my point. Well, right. But so I'm they saying, were somewhat in the dark about the miracle, Jace, is what my point well, is. Yeah, Could and be. I agree. But they were wanting to kill him. And so he says in verse 6 of chapter 7, Jesus told them, the right time for me has not yet come. And I think this is funny, this next part, because he says, now I think he meant by his death. Because he, he was staying away, you know, not because he was scared. Because obviously he proved that later. He had. He wasn't scared to die. Now, Jesus, look, he had to show him, Jace, the reason the time was not right. He had to show him yeah. how to live before he gets to, and this is the way well, you die and come back well, from right. the dead. Hang on, let's take a break. So one of the things that has affected us a lot, I guess, Dad and us, Jace and I, we all we work for you know, different churches or same church, but we meet in different places. 
And so uh, we haven't been able to gather uh, for months, which has been strange, uh, I would say. There's been positives. There has been. Uh, Dad has been, like, sequestered so long. We're getting ready to reopen, which is going to be uh, fun to be able to get to see folks. But uh, there, there's a new one, a new sponsor, and I, I talked with these guys the other day, and it's called Adjace, A-D-J-A-C-E. It's Adjace. That's huh. how it's well, I like that. I, I figured you would like that. I, the, yeah. I, I, we mentioned that when we talked about it. Basically, what they do is they try to connect people online. They, they have a, a system basically where you can build directories and people, and there's a, you know, a lot of planning center software um, to connect people, and it sounds really great. I loved what they told me about it. It's super easy. You can set your directory up and be running in two minutes, which I like that, Jace, because most well, of the things you need to – Get all your people connected online. Yeah, just go ahead and, and make your plug for them. <laughs> <laughs> Dad's not. I explained to the guys that Dad wasn't going to be their main pitch man because he's going to do a like cell phone free zone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Basically, uh, you're going to synchronize your church uh, to planning center, which you can use in worship and all other things. In fact. Uh, our, our church is, is able to do that as well. So we're excited about this. It's secure. No one else can see your information outside your church. Uh, you can have a mobile app access, browser access, print, and a printout for Phil, they say here, Dad, so you can read hey. it. There you go. Basically, like when you're connecting like with a fish on a line, this is connecting people online. This will put on me... This will yeah. put me in the, in the mainstream. <laughs> That's right. You're, and, you're going mainstream. And the good yeah. thing is it's inexpensive. They understand. It's free for all churches that have less than 50 people. So if you're a small church, it's free. They're going to let you do it for free, which is great. $10 a month for churches between 50 and 250 which is where most churches are. So it's pretty inexpensive. Uh, prices go up as, as your church gets bigger. You go to adjace, A-D-J-A-C-E dot com. Hit the new church button. You're up and running in two minutes. It's a great way to connect your folks. And another thing, Dad, is you understand that, my point, Dad. That, that's, I agree. that's true. And before you make your point, Dad, he there were also things he had to do to fulfill prophecy. Okay, that hadn't you got happened it. Yet. I was you gonna, I was gonna yeah. say that, which is where I'm going yeah. with this. Because so, but then he made a little joke here. He said, "For you, any time is right." <laughs> kind of funny well, it is funny and think about it because <laughs> no. one minute you want to make me king next minute other people up here want to kill me you talk yeah. about mob rule but he's like oh. I'm, it's not time for me to die for you anytime <laughs> however there was a lumen prophecy and you say what well if you turn to john 18 when he was arrested when jesus was arrested li- listen i think this is really interesting and i my, my buddy put this on me i i hadn't made this uh parallel but it says uh they, uh, you know, here comes Judas. He betrays him. Uh, when Jesus said, I am he, this verse 6 of 18, they drew back and fell to the ground. Weird. Again, he asked them, who is it you want? They said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said, I told you that I am he. If you are looking for me, then let these men go. Well, these are his, you know, disciples, his followers. This happened so that the words he had spoken would be fulfilled, and here in quotes, which is a quote from uh, earlier in John six thirty nine, I have not lost one of those you gave me, which goes back to that what he said here, that I shall lose none of all that he has given me. So I really think that this situation, now we're going to the deep water here, <laughs> was in reference to him becoming king through his death and resurrection and not losing any of his followers in a battle. Because when you think about it, he actually lost them all after this as far as through death, but not really because his death, burial, and resurrection then came the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, which then his disciples surrendered to. So then, when they they had the martyr's death, he didn't lose any of them because they're they gave they're him. all indestructible now That's because right. of what happened with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Yep. I really think that's what it's talking about—not uh, a theology where 
that eliminates half the or three quarters of the population because he said this phrase. Yeah. You, you, you see, oh, yeah. I mean, now a lot of people may not even know what that is, right. but I think that's what that specific verse, which we try to stay out of the weeds on this podcast, but I think there's been so many questions on what did he mean How by that. How can we know? Because, yeah. yeah, there's there's some stuff out there. And also another thing he had to do, Jace, was <clears throat> he still had to – you know, there were other prophecies. There was the one where he would come in on a donkey or a foal of a donkey and where he would they would sing Hosanna. I mean, he wanted it to be to remind people that are looking. It was like, Oh yeah, this is this is how he comes this is the Messiah. This is him. Well how's and they the, what's knew the Psalm, number? they knew Zachariah. What's the number? There's somebody's documented. How many prophecies did he oh, fulfill? I can't remember the number, but but oh. every one. It was hundreds. I know that. One that after was, the other. So you're like, well, why is that a big deal? Because a lot of probably people that are listening don't realize that. You say, what What do you mean by fulfilled prophecy? So a prophet would say something, and then hundreds of years, even thousands? Yeah, even thousands. thousands. Here comes this person claiming to be God who fulfilled what was said, and every one of them, 100%, was fulfilled. Even this little statement in John 6 about not losing them, oh, he got that in two, because he didn't lose a man. And and a lot of people don't understand that, because they're like, well, he lost Judas. Well, nothing, nobody was lost till after Jesus did what he did, and Judas was by his own. Which, again, to the point of what you said earlier about the doctrines that get built out of this, and we've talked about Judas before, People have a choice, which is what he said in John six forty. Those that look to the Son and believe in Him. So you, it is a choice you make to be a follower, and mm-hmm. therefore you can't say, "Well, some you don't really have a choice because you were born to either be one or not." It's it's a bad way to look at this. Plus, situation. he's fulfilling well, these texts, and here's just one of many seven hundred or so years before Jesus showed up. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to Him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire. Since Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53. Yep. He was despised and rejected by men. That's what Jace is alluding to right here. Yep. You're like, yep. A man of sorrows, familiar with suffering, like one from whom men hide their faces. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. What's amazing, to this day, the same drumbeat. There's a lot of people, when you say the word Jesus, they, they, they curl their lips at you and they sneer and they just come at you and, I mean, just rip your reputation to shreds. Yeah. Well, I, say, was, I was going to bring that up. You know, why my, would you be mad at Jesus? Well, my practical application was this. If you read John 7, after he said, the right time for me has not yet come, for you any time is right, the next verse says, the world, this is John 7, 7, the world cannot hate you. And you think, well, what did he mean by that? Well, he explains it. It says, but it hates me because I testify that what it does is evil. Yep. Now, look, now there's, your, there's their why. That, now, that, but, that's but it. You know what I think is interesting about this? And is that really when you read everything Jesus did, he never really had these sermons of what you know what we call a hellfire and brimstone. The only one I remember, I think it's in Matthew fifteen, where He's he said, the, "Out of the heart comes uh, evil thoughts and, and pretty, uh, sexual had, immorality, a a tree bearing bad fruit." Well, I thought the Sermon on the Mount. Well, he had a pretty good barn burner to the Pharisees. Whoa. The woe, whoa, that whoa, the woe section. Woe to you. <laughs> but that's my point. You you think, well, how did he testify to what is evil? Well, I think the number one thing he did was that he didn't do any evil. It, so he represented Correct. righteousness, which by nature, because we know he had no sin. But Jace, on the hellfire and brimstone point you made, you're, you're a little bit uh, – a little bit shaky on that one. I don't think one. so. I don't <laughs> think because so. Because the, the little statement, unless you repent, you will perish. Well, don't don't okay. worry about him who can destroy the body, but the one who can destroy both body and soul and the fires of hell. There was, there was a little hell so, fire. But, in but that. I'm saying there's way more positive. It, like, what did, what did he do it with is. the Samaritan woman? What did he do? The, the, where he got upset and with the 
testifying to evil was usually against religious people. Yeah. He did say, my yoke's easy and my burden, you know, you put a yoke on a couple of mules, you're going to plow a field, and my burden is light. Yeah. He, he did say, look, this is attainable and it's achievable to, to walk like I walked. But unless he, you give him time to show you how he walked through these texts we're reading, how would you know exactly it was, it was, who he was? What was amazing it was only, took some time to say this is the perfect man. Here's the way you ought to roll. And it was only three years to do it. So let, let's take one last break. Think about what's happened in America, and it didn't take it, but because I saw it coming and didn't realize it from the '60s to now. So we've had about a 60 years, give or take a few, 50 to 60 years, to run run this Jesus, run him out of our school system. If you don't educate little children and you don't tell them about Jesus, how would they ever know what the perfect man ought to look like? And you know what? If you don't have some kind of semblance of training and discipline and you see what I'm saying? Well, Teaching, like Jay says, even the rebuking, virtue, just correcting. the virtues of Jesus, just what he, who he was. If you talk about, well, that's Jesus' point. Because yeah. if you didn't have, if you don't take the time, what all the prophets said, and he's showing you how you are to be. Well, if that's missing and void, I watched it took sixty years, but you say I've seen it now. Speed up, looking bad now, but Jesus didn't stave at thirty three. So you're yeah, like, 33 really years, only, that's really a only, short period of time to show you how you ought to behave. You know really, it's crazy? Years Look, you just, I mean, I only think noticed. about what we've said, though. He conquered the world without a fight. There wasn't a war. He, he actually conquered the world in death. There was a war, but a spiritual one. Right. Well, I, I mean, just he didn't lose a man. A, he, a, he basically... In it, there, I don't think in the history of the world there's ever been a war where you won and you didn't lose one man, one one person. In, You're probably right. I mean, it, of, of by the way, the ongoing war, our cultural war now. You said I've been saying it here, one after the other. Whether people are listening, I think they are based on their cards, their letters, and all this. <laughs> no, they're listening. But, but I'm just saying, it looks like to me in this time, our current situation, Jace. What in the world would be wrong with people seriously contemplating? Why don't we just be like Jesus? There wouldn't well, be warfare, hatred between us. There would be forgiveness, and there'd be love, and there'd be patience. Because and pe- I think, you would think people would say, I, well, you know. I think Jesus is the most loved being in the world, but he's also the most hated. And he just said it. He's like, you think you're hated? No. You don't know what hate is. Come, come, come! Fill my shoes. So I think in there is the problem. You have people who love him with all their heart. You have people who hate it because now he he gave you the reason because their deeds are evil. He exposes that. You know, if you turn back and read in John three, it he says the same thing when he said, "This is the verdict." Nineteen. This is right after he said, "For God to love the world." Gave his only son, you know, that everybody knows. The world, that's everybody. Everybody. He loves the world. You know, everybody. I, I told you I got into an argument one time that with a fella who said that Jesus didn't die for everybody. And I was like, <laughs> here's the problem I have with that. Let me just interrupt you. God is not like us. We decide to love. We decide to hate. God always loves. He is love. It, it, it's ne- it's not that way. I know that's hard to wrap your head around. That's why it says doesn't say God decided to love. It said God is love. Yeah, He just is. So three verses later, he said, "This is the verdict." I mean, it immediately takes you to a courtroom, and you say, "What about it?" Here's the judge saying, "This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil." I see it every day. So that's what Jesus was saying. The reason they hate me is because I expose the evil. And I don't have to really give a sermon about Now, he did on occasion. But I'm saying it was more him representing goodness and righteousness and treating people fairly, no matter what they did or their past. You remember, what was the evil in the next chapter will be in John 8? The evil is that they were fixed to kill a woman and justified in the name of religion. That's right. 
and really just would sacrifice her to trap Jesus. That at one time. Right. Well, let at, me let me finish reading the verse, right, and then you come back. Everyone who does evil, because this is the phrase he used. This is verse 20. Hates the light. That's why he said they, they hate me. And will not come into, into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. And on the other side, here we are. Whoever lives but whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what he has done has been done through God. All right, go, because we only have a minute. Love for God and love for your neighbor, Al, it comes hard. Yep. It's hard. When the At one time, we, too, were foolish, disobedient. The book of John, we've been reading about these people, deceived and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures, we lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. You're like, thanks, I have a change a bit. But, and this is what we're discussing, and here's a good thought for today. Titus 3, by the way. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, God in flesh, standing on the earth, the book of John we're studying, he saved us. Watch this, not because righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy, he saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. When the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, and going back to Jace's point, he knew how to love. He said, you got evil deeds, all of you, all of you. I love you so much. I love you so much. I'm going to remove your sin and raise you from the dead. All you have to do is uh, try me. It'll work. And you look at our culture today, Al. I'm sorry to say we forgot Jesus. Yeah. We forgot him. And you know, the Bible says when the time had fully come. So he came at the time when the Israel was under Roman rule to give himself to die a terrible death that my theory is to show us just how bad evil is. And that was part of that Isaiah passage. So, man, well, it's good stuff to uh, to to chew on. So, uh, hope uh, hope this will encourage you and uh, to keep digging in the scriptures. We do appreciate all your notes and uh, and questions. I've got some really good ones uh, for future podcasts that are coming in. This is what we love to do. So, we're so glad you guys were with us today. You can subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or YouTube or Facebook, and be sure and rate us on iTunes so that other people can know about the podcast.